asking somebody to open your mouth, lift up your hands, and tell God to have it all, Father. Come on, this is a perfect moment to dump everything you've been carrying for the last seven days and lay it at the altar of God and say, God, have it all. Father, take my sorrow, take my pain, take my shame, take everything, God, that is unlike you, God. Take it out of us now, God. We declare that you can have it all. Somebody open your mouth and say, have it all, God. Come on, shake me, Father. Make me over again, Lord God. Come on, this is a corporate worship right here. I dare you to open your mouth and tell God to shake me. Come on. He can have it all. Somebody's on the edge of your breakthrough right now. The breaker. The king. He's here to put you on the potter's wheel again. You may be broken, but he can make you over again. All I need is about 18 people that will tell God, Father, have it all right now, Father. Have it all, God. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost in this atmosphere this morning. Have it all, God. You can have everything, God, that is unlike me, Father. You can have it all right now, God. You can take my shame. You can take my pain. You can take my frustration. Father, take it all. Take it all. Take it all. Take my praise. We give it all to you right now, Lord. You can have it all, Father. You can have it all, Father. You can have it all. Every hand lifted. Father, we declare and decree in this atmosphere now, God. That we're releasing ourselves, Jesus. We're taking everything, God, that is unlike your Father, and we're pouring it out now. We land on the altar, Lord God. Father, areas of our lives, God, that is unlike your Lord God, you can make us over again now, Jesus. Father, the areas that are broken, God, you can take us and you can mold us now, Father. Father, I speak now, God, to a marriage and to a relationship, Lord God, that feels like it's crumbling, it's falling apart, God. We declare that you can take it now, Father, and mold it, God. God, I speak now, God, to somebody in this atmosphere. God that has a health problem now Father and the doctors have given up on them. we ask God that you will take our health now God you will put it in your hands we believe that you are a miracle worker we believe that you can heal bodies we believe you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think according to the power that works within us Lord God God you can have it all Father have our praise have our worship have our exaltation we magnify you we make you bigger than our circumstances Bigger than our situation Father, have it all, God Have it all, God Take depression Take oppression Take depression You can have it all afternoon good evening this is bernice i hope that you're having an amazing fruitful enjoyable comfortable nice day um thank you so much for tuning into devoted with bernice i hope that um this series of 
defeating perversion has been blessing you so far. Um, last time we spoke was January, ending of January 26th, I believe. And um, I talked about covenant, having covenant, what covenant means, you know, um, having a covenant with your eyes, uh, making it a, a, a eyes that look about the things that are pure, you know, the things that are righteous, holy, uh, setting your eyes on things above, not on things of this world, basically, you know, the, the lust of the eyes, the, you know, the pride of life and all of that. And so I hope that you really took time and, you know, the Holy Spirit convicted you on certain things that you were looking at, that you, you realize that it's actually feeding you, you know, in a bad way and not so much in a good way. Um, and that you actually um, did your homework because the homework was that focus on what you're looking at, like figure out what, what are you looking at? What, what has your attention? You know, when you go about your day, uh, what is something that you see is feeding your um, your spirit? You know, whatever it is that you're struggling with. Um, when I say spirit, meaning that whatever perversive issue that you have, because um, we know that they're good. You know, your, your spirit can be good or can be bad. Uh, and so I hope that you really took it seriously and wrote down or even t- took mental notes of what it is that you're looking at, because... Today, we're going to be looking at what is the gatekeeper of what you're looking at. Uh, you might think that you are the gatekeeper, but actually there is a, a higher thing that is the gatekeeper of what it is that you're currently looking at that is actually um, feeding you in a horrible, bad way. Um, the gatekeeper to perversion is Jezebel. That is the gatekeeper. Jezebel is a principality. And we're going to talk about that because many people think that, oh, you know, um, the sex industry, maybe you're somebody who's struggling with pornography and that's part of, you know, perversion. Uh, you think, oh, it's just, you know, you know, uh, clothes and just just nudity or, you know, just the uh, certain outfit that people wear outside of, you know, outside of the 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 world, like what they're wearing always just clothes with their belly showing no that's jezebel jezebel has two different sides to it there's the intimidation side that we see with elijah the prophet right in in the book of kings um and then we see you know the same with um jehu where jezebel was basically being seducing to jehu but jehu did not look at jezebel so the gatekeeper to perversion is jezebel a principality that's why it's hard for people to come out of perversion because Jezebel is sent to those that have the spirit of perversion to help them stay in that place, to, to keep them bound. You know, um, if you're somebody struggling with homosexuality, you, you look at, you know, perversive things. That's Jezebel, okay? Jezebel is sent to, you know, cause perversion. And even those that are, you know, drug addicts. Drug addicts, they have, they have, they have met somebody who has a, a Jezebel spirit, uh, intimidation spirit that, that lured them into that, that, um, that's, that side of, you know, um, that side of addiction. Um, the reason why I'm talking about uh, Jezebel is because the Lord wants me to talk about it. Um, and he, he really um, confirmed it through a dream I had. And so today we're going to talk about Jezebel. Um, why is it that you keep seeing these things that you keep seeing? It's like you don't want to you, you see it, but 
all of a sudden it's like it's all around you even if you try to avoid it it's because there is something in you that's attracting that thing to you that's why i always say that the the spiritual world is more real than the physical world you know um people who are you know when you sit in your life and you feel like you keep attracting certain certain type of people it's like they're they're the same you know person but but different you know people it's like there's they're the same character but different people well there's something in you that is attracting that uh, and so we're talking about Jezebel today. We're talking about how to defeat Jezebel, how to recognize Jezebel. Because in order to defeat Jezebel, you have to first recognize Jezebel. And Jezebel is not just in a woman, okay? It's in men too. Uh, and so let's go into prayer, and then we are going to go into the teaching. I hope that you have your Bibles, your pens, and your papers ready. Because this teaching is one of the most important teachings that you have for how to defeat um, perversion because if you cannot defeat Jezebel it's very hard to defeat perversion because perversion and Jezebel is like um, you know salt and pepper well I wouldn't say salt and pepper well it, it, they, they come together they are a team okay um, that's why men who are struggling with you know adultery or struggling with pornography um, you know when when they try to stop, all of a sudden they, they they just keep seeing you know certain images or certain things on social media just keep popping up or you know uh, they keep seeing certain people outside that attract them. You know the enemy knows how to send what you like because he needs you to still be bound, and that what that thing that he sends is Jezebel. Okay. Uh, and so let's go to prayer and then let's go into teaching of Jezebel. Now, I want to say this. This teaching is going to really open a, a, a lot of um, uh, understanding about what the spirit of Jezebel is. Uh, some of you might find that you actually have people in your life that exemplify that spirit. You might find that you yourself might have that spirit. Um you might even find that you have been dating people that have that spirit. And you, you might be realizing that, oh, you know, you have family members that have that spirit. Or that you have been focusing on people who have that spirit. Okay. This is to open your eyes so that you can identify Jezebel. Uh, it's very important that when you are trying to come out of perversion you are able to identify this spirit because this spirit mostly is the first spirit to go okay to leave somebody if the person has the spirit of Jezebel in them this spirit though it's a very strong spirit it's a spirit that can be cast out quickly but this spirit likes to come back Okay, it's easy to open the door to the spirit because this spirit comes with lying spirit, comes with divination, comes with Leviathan, pride. Okay, so wherever there's pride, there's more likely Jezebel as well. Um, and so let's go into prayer and then we can um, start. Okay, all right, let's let's go into prayer. Reba sukuri isatara basokuri matai. 
Father, we thank you and we adore you right now. We just celebrate your name, Jesus. We give you adoration because adoration belongs to you. We exalt your name above all. And we say, the Lord, as we come and dine in your word, as we come and dine in your word, God, I ask for your presence here, Holy Spirit. Let your presence saturate the room. Let your consuming fire burn down everything that's not like you. Let heaven open up today on your people. That everything that we're going to learn, God, let it be a fruit within us. Help us to bear this fruit, God, that we are able to walk in it. Not just know it, but Father, put it into action. Because your word says that, Lord, we are to be doers of your word and not just hearers only. I pray for implication, application, and your revelation, God, today. I pray the Lord, you will activate the senses of your people at this time. Activate their minds, their ears, their nose. Activate their lips, yeah. Activate your nose, God. Activate your ears, God. Let your ears be tuned to you, God, that everything that they are sensing will come from heaven. That they will be able to dissect what is from you and what is not from you. I pray now, the Lord, those that are listening, that have the spirit of Jezebel, that will try to stop them from listening. God, I ask the Lord, you will send ministering angels to them, to minister to them, to continue to listen to your word. And even open the word of God, Lord, and read about Elijah and read about Jehu, Father. How they how they interacted with Jezebel and how you, God, taught them how to be able to slate that demonic woman. Father, I thank you that, Lord, you are giving us revelation in this hour to know how to overcome the enemy. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities, against powers in heavenly places. So help us to know about Luke 10, 19, that yes, indeed, you have, behold, I give you authority over serpents, over scorpions, over all the kingdom of darkness, and by no means nothing can hurt you or harm you. Help us to walk in our authority of what you called us to be in Luke 10, 19 people. Help us not to fold, but God, help us to stand firm and come against the enemy like how David came against Goliath. Father, many of the people listening right now, their Jezebel is your Goliath in this hour, in this season. And to be able to slay Goliath, Father, we have to know who and whose we are. David said, that, Lord, you are coming against the God who sits high and look low. David said, you are coming against the God of Israel. You are coming against the Lord. Not against him, but the Lord. And so help us to tell our giants, Lord. Help us to tell in the face of Jezebel that God Almighty, Jezebel is coming against you, not us. Help us to know who and whose we are, your children in this moment. And so, God, I bind every assignment of the enemy. I dismantle it now in the name of Jesus. And I take authority right now of this time. And I make it subject to you, Adonai, that your presence will dwell here. That every distraction is dismantled in the name of Jesus. That what it is that you are going to learn, God, will come from heaven and will come from you alone, God. And so, Father, I pray that, Lord, as we dine in your word, that every struggle will be broken off of your people. That every hindrance will be dismantled. 
that everything that is holding bound your children, God, will be broken off of them. I ask the Lord, you will send your you will send your angels now. Yes, those with flaming swords of fire. You will send your warrior angels now, God, to your people that are desperate, Father, to be redeemed right now, God. And so, Lord, I pray now that and I seal this time with the blood of Jesus. Loose your anointing in this room. Loose your fire in this room. Loose, God, your grace. Yeah, loose your, your power. Loose your mercy. Father, many of them will have to repent. Loose, God, the blood of Jesus to cleanse them at this time. I don't know why I see a rainbow, but I see a rainbow right now. And I thank you, God, for your covenant. Your covenant, Father. Thank you for showing me this rainbow that, yes, indeed, we, you are a covenantal God. And so, God, I pray that, Lord, your presence will dwell here, continuously dwell here, and dwell with your people at this time. And so we put this time in your presence. Let your will be done, let your kingdom come as it is in heaven, let it be so on earth. And it's in the name of Jesus, God, we soak ourselves with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Consuming fire Burn Burn What's not like you Consuming fire Say We surrender, we 
somebody surrender tonight. Come on, that's good. That's good. Lift up your hands and surrender tonight. Somebody surrender tonight. Hey, somebody surrender tonight. Yes. Surrender your will tonight. Surrender your will tonight. Somebody surrender. All right, we've had prayer, we've had worship. That was uh, Open Heaven, uh, no, that was uh, Have It All by First Start Worship. And then Burn by The Well. Um, I hope that those wonderful worship music really edified you. So today, uh, the encouragement is Luke ten nineteen. Today, Every day I ask God for the Bible verse that he wants me to focus on. And today, um, he told me Luke ten nineteen. So that's the encouragement for today. Let's read it. We all know where Luke is, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, so Luke ten nineteen says that it says here. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I want to read from 17 to 20. Um, it, the, topic, the topic is the seven, the, uh, let's see. Yeah, the 70 return with joy. It says the 70 re- return with joy. So let's, say, let's see it. It says here, seven, uh, Luke 10, 17 to 20. Then the 70, um, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written written in heaven. The 70 is basically when, you know, we see in Luke 10 where um, after, after the Samaritan village rejects the Savior, you know, after the cost of discipleship is explained uh, by Jesus, what happens is that um, the Lord appointed, appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he, he himself was about to go. Okay, so that's when the 70 returned. The 70 were sent out and then the 70 returned. But when they returned, they said, oh, look at, you know, look what happened and all of that. Um, and then... Basically, you know, the Lord told them, you know, yes, you have authority to dis- destroy, you know, spirits in the enemy. But remember that, uh, do not rejoice more about that, but rejoice that your name is written in the, in the, in the book of life, right? Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. So today that's your uh, encouragement is that. You might not be somebody who cast out spirits or might be one of the 70 sent out or 
might have the ability to command demons to leave or, you know, um, walk in that authority yet. I say yet because you can, you know, everybody has, has the ability to walk in, you know, the measure of grace that has been given to them. If you have faith, you can tell to a mountain, move from here and to there and it will, right? And so um, you might not be going around casting out spirits and all that, but you have authority. You have a measure of authority that God has given you, okay? Everybody can tell a spirit to leave them alone. If Jesus can tell the devil to get deep behind him with scripture, you can tell anything to get deep behind you with scripture. That is the weapon. Your scripture is your weapon. That's why it's a sword, right? And so um, that's why I want to remind you when we're going into this teaching is that remember your authority, okay? God has given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And it's not literally like physically, you know, verbatim serpents and scorpions. It's a it's an illustration. You know, Jesus talked a lot of in parables, right? It's an illustration of, you know, because uh, Jesus himself called the Pharisees serpents, right? He calls them like you are serpents like your father, you know, the devil. Uh, it's a representation of the enemy because he came like a serpent, right, to Adam and Eve. Uh, so anything that is in that nature of um the serpentine nature represent the enemy, right? And so, uh, and even scorpions, right? It's deadly. And so what is being shown here is that I'm giving you authority over, you know, things that are deadly, things that can harm you in the spirit and in the natural, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So God is reminding them that, you know, yes, you 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 were sent out, and even and you saw that, that even the... The demons are subject to us in your name, right? And that's the key in his name, in the Lord's name. You never want to go out in your own name when you're dealing with spirits, okay? Uh, because you will be devoured. I tell you that right now. You will be devoured because your name has no power. Um, only the name of Jesus has power to dismantle, destroy the enemy, okay? And so um, let's go into the teaching, okay? So I want you to take a lot of notes today because I'm, a, I'm telling you right now, uh, the spirit of Jezebel is a very strong spirit. Everybody who's prophetic knows that. Um, it's not as such a strong spirit that you cannot, you know, identify it. But this spirit... Um, is really against the children of God. Uh, if you're prophetic, if you're not prophetic, if you're just a child of God, this spirit does not like you. But this spirit does not really like you if you are a pastor, a pro- in a fivefold ministry, basically, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, teachers, you know. They, it does not like you. Uh, and so this is the first spirit that most people will come encounter with when you say yes to the Lord and you call. And this spirit is the doorkeeper of perversion, meaning that it's like the spirit that lure people into perversion. We see the spirit of Jezebel with like Delilah, okay, with Samson, right? We see the spirit of Jezebel with like Joseph, with uh, Potiphar's wife, right? Uh, trying to lure her, allure him 
trying to seduce him and he was not having it he's like i'm not gonna sin against you know god you know and all of that but she still caused him to get into prison and that's part of the the way that Jezebel works. If you reject her, she is going to keep trying. We see that Samson kept putting his head on her lap. Like, how are you not seeing that every time you get up and, you know, you tell her exactly, you know, what's going on, that how to stop your, your, um, your strength. And you really see that happening. Like, you don't get a light bulb in your head. Like, she's trying to really, like, destroy you. But no. Because Jezebel knows how to gain trust, all right? And Jezebel knows how to seduce and intimidate, okay, to get her way. And so these men, we see in the word of God that even with Joseph that rejected that spirit of Jezebel that was operating part of his wife, you know, she still caused him to be in trouble, even though he did the right thing. And so that spirit is a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Determined, yeah. Determined spirit, okay? It's a very determined, even with Elijah, who like rained down fire, okay? You have a man who walk in power, in, in miracles, is afraid of something that she said. She didn't even do anything to him. All she, all she said was she was going to kill the prophets, Okay, and that that alone caused him to to run away. Okay, but then come Jehu, and I love Jehu. You know, he had a he had an apostolic. I think Jehu had had an apostolic uh, plan because, you know, um, what we, majority of time apostles they they deal with demons and principalities, but they know how to go about it. And, and succeed because they go about it with a plan. And that's what Jehu did. He went about it with a plan. He, 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 he said, who's going to help me pull this, this, this woman down, basically? We're going to look at it in the word of God. But I'm just giving you some, you know, some snips of it. But um, we see that he went about it with, with you know, a plan. And that's the thing about Jezebel, that you have to go about it with a plan. I have dealt with Jezebel's spirit, okay, at work. Many of you have, you know, uh, in school, even in family. The thing about Jezebel is that uh, if you attack one Jezebel, all the other Jezebels will come out. I don't know why that happens. I've, I have really seen that happen multiple times, that when you attack one of them, they all come out. You will see which one, which which people have the spirit of Jezebel because they all come out. They all come out against you, and then they start with like accusations and lies and all of that. So you have to go about it very strategically, okay? Um, and so today we're gonna talk about the spirit, and I want you to write down information because. To be able to conquer perversion, you have to conquer Jezebel. There is no way. You know, the Bible says that when you overthrow Jezebel, God will give you power over the nations. Okay? Um, and that's what Jezebel doesn't want you to do, is to get power over the nations. Now, you might be your nation that God wants you to get power over. Majority of people who struggle with perversion, let's say you're somebody who watch porn a lot, and you don't know how to stop. 
what the enemy does is that the enemy sends around you people who will feed that spirit in you. You might stop watching porn, right? But then all of a sudden you go to the grocery store and all you see, you know, if you're a man, excuse me, um, if you're a man, all you see is like, you know, women dress seductively. If you're a woman, all you see are, you know, men dressed like with like white wife beaters, like with their muscles popping out. And you're trying to like get away from this because the enemy knows that you've stopped watching porn. So he has to feed you some way. That spirit needs to be fed. For spirits to stay, they have to be fed. Okay. Um, let's say you're dealing with, uh, let's say, like what I was talking about with, you know, dressing seductively. Okay. And maybe you made up your mind. You're not going to dress seductively anymore. But then all of a sudden, like you get these gifts from your friends or you, you, you find yourself like not being able to, you know, find the right outfits. Okay. You find yourself getting all these coupons, these outfits or these stores that you stop trying to shop at. What do you think that is? That spirit of Jezebel, right? People who have, who dresses very seductively, they already have the Jezebel spirit in them. Yep. If you're somebody that dresses seductively, that you always have to show skin and you're very seductive in your dressing. You know, Jezebel has a walk. That's one thing I have realized. Because I remember, like, I always used to be attacked by Jezebels when I stepped into the prophetic. And I was like, Lord, what is this spirit? Because it's like the same person, but in different people, you know? And I, I was like, what is this? Like, why do I keep meeting these type of people? It's like the same person and so i went into prayer and fast and the lord led me to jezebel and i was like my god and so i told the lord i want you to show me how to identify jezebel like i want to be able to identify that spirit so quick like if somebody's walking from a mile away and i look and i see that person i'm able to tell that person has the spirit of jezebel or not because i was tired of dealing with that spirit, of that spirit coming to betray and trying to do all these type of things. And I knew it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really like, you know, a person. It was the spirit. Um, and so now I'm able to tell that spirit, even if it's hiding. I'm like, I see you, Jezebel. Jezebel has a walk. There are certain women that when you see them, you just know. You just know that that's the spirit of Jezebel. Like, it's the way they walk. You know, and there are certain men, when you interact with them, you can tell, oh, yeah, that's, he has a spirit of Jezebel. And it's not going around judging people. Like, you don't tell them to their face, but you, you, sit, you tell yourself, you, you discern it within yourself. Like, okay, you know, I can identify this right now. I know what this is. Okay, I see you. I see you, Jezebel. I do. Right? Um, so let's go into the teaching. Okay. So what, who is Jezebel? Jezebel is a spirit, is a principality spirit, okay? And that sits very high and lofty in the spirit realm, okay? We have different realms of the spirit, okay? Um, we have the first heavens, the second heavens, and the third heavens, right? The first heavens is the earth right now, what we see here, right here, okay? There's a lot of activity in the first heavens, Okay, there are angels that come that are actually like human beings. They're called common angels, right? 
And because the Bible says that, be careful how you entertain strangers. For many of you have what? Entertain angels unknowingly. There is a spiritual activity that happens on earth. Okay? You see the heavens. Like even in the sky. Okay? Um, there are demons that are in the earth. Remember when the, um, when the legions of, when the man with the legions of demons encountered Jesus. You know, in the book of Matthew, and um, you know the angel, the uh, the angel, <laughs> there was no angel. Jesus said, you know, uh, basically the the demon said, cast me, cast cast them into um, the pigs, right? So demons are on earth. They can be in people. They can be in animals. Okay, that's why I always trust that you know, if you are somebody who is in the fivefold ministry. The enemy wants to use every doorpost they can use. When I, when I say doorpost, is everything in your life. The enemy wants to be able to use it as a point of contact to you. So if you have a dog, it's good to pray over your dog. You know, just pray, anoint your dog. Because if pigs can receive demons, guess what? Dogs can receive demons too. Um, and so this basically shows that, you know, in the first heavens, there is, you know, spiritual things that happen, Right? The second heavens is where there is war between angels and demons, principalities. You know, in the book of Daniel, when Daniel was praying, right? And uh, when Daniel was praying, uh, there was an angel that was sent out, right? Uh, but then the angel was detained. Why? Daniel ten twelve to 13. It says, then he said, don't be frightened, Daniel, for your request has been heard in heaven. And was answered the very first day you began to fast before the Lord and pray for understanding. That very day I was sent here to meet you. But for 21 days, the mighty evil spirit who overrules the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, who's another angel, one of the top officers of the heavenly of the heavenly army. I love that. One of the top officers of the heavenly army came to help me so that I was able to break through the spirit rulers of Persia. So we see here that in the second heavens, there is demons and, you know, principalities and angels warring. That's where they war, okay, in the, in the heavenly places, okay, in the second heavens. The third heavens is where God is, where his throne is, where the Lord of Lord, the, the God who sits high and look low, that's where he is, okay? And that place, you know, it's the holy of holies, right? Um, and so now you understand when I say principalities, okay, where they are. Now, um, we know that when the devil fell, he, some of the angels fell with him. And some of them are the principalities. Okay, Some of the, the fallen angels, those are principalities. So we see that good angels and bad angels are fighting. Okay, Demonic angels and godly angels are fighting. For your sake. Okay, So that's why it's important to fast and pray. Because when you fast and pray... You are dismantling some things in the heavenly realm. That's why this right here, Daniel 10, 12 to 13, shows us that principalities 
We don't go and fight them on our own. We fight demons. We can't. You can. I'm not saying go and fight a demon like how you fight people. We, we, we have authority over them on earth. Okay? We can command them to come out. We can tell them to be quiet. Just as Jesus did demonstrate that in the book of Luke, you know, Matthew and all that. We can demonstrate that power over those demons on earth, right? But when we get to the principality, that is for, for angels of the Lord to deal with them. Now, what we do is we pray, like how Daniel prayed and fasted. We pray and fast. Now, somebody will say, so if Jezebel's spirit is a principality, does that mean that somebody who has a Jezebel spirit has a principality within them? Wherever Jezebel is and wherever she replicate herself, the source of her is what's in that person. Okay? So because it's a demon in that person, it can be casted out. Now, principalities, they are regions. If you are very prophetic, if you're very apostolic, you know, if you're somebody, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel like weeping. I don't know why I feel like weeping. But anyway... If you are somebody who walks in the spirit, when you go to a certain region, okay, these are apostles know how to do this. They are trained to do this. When you step into a region, you can sense, oh, I know why I'm weeping. You can sense what's happening in the region. And you will weep, okay? Some prophets are able to do this. Prophets who are pioneers. They're different type of prophets, Okay, those that go and give messages, those that are pioneers, that, those that come and help pioneer what God want to do in the region. When apostles and people who are prophetic people who are pioneers get to a region, they can sense the burden in the region. They can sense the principality that's operating in that region. Okay, uh, even intercessors can sense that, and that is what principality is operating. Sometimes you can move from one, one city to the next and you can sense the shift happen. That one city has a, a spirit of lust happening there. And then when you move into a, the next city, you can sense, oh my God, this city has a, has a spirit of poverty, okay? You know, or addictions. Or when you move to another city, you can sense the city have, has a spirit of pride, okay? And not just sensing what the spirit that is wrong with the city is, but you can also sense what God want to do in that city. That is somebody who has the ability to discern principalities in regions. And these type of um, assignments are for people who are apostolic or people who have a, a very high ranking in the prophetic, okay, who are prophets that are high ranking in their office. The reason why I was weeping, I felt like I wanted to weep was because that was the, like the first time I ever felt that. I actually like had to park my car on the side and weep because I was sensing so much in the realm of the spirit as I was driving across a city. That my first time experiencing that. Um, but that's, what, that's how you know what a principality is. Because, you know, our fight is not with people. You know, when I step into the prophetic, I realized that. You, you know, your, 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 your struggle with perversion is not with people. It's not that many men will say, oh, you know, she's the reason why, you know, your eyes are looking or you can't stop, you know, masturbating or you can't stop watching porn. 
you know, it's not her, you know. Or if you're a woman, like you say, oh, he's the reason why you can never stop having sex with, you know, men that you, you, you date on the first date. Well, because you're addicted to sex. You have a spirit of perversion. It's not the person. It's what's in you, right? Or you, you, you might be homosexual and you're, you're like, oh, you know, it's the, peop- it's, it's the type of, you know, same sex that come around you. That's why you're, you're bound. No, it's not the people. It's what's in them and it's what's in you. When you cast out what's in you and when you recognize what's in them, you're able to then what? You're able to understand that, okay, you know what you're dealing with. You know what to avoid. You know what to pray against before you even meet them, right? So it's, it's not people that we're, we're dealing with. We're dealing, we're dealing with, with demons, with spirits, okay? We're fighting against principalities, against powers, against spirits of darkness in this world, okay? It is against the demon, demonic world that we work, we work against, Okay, we work with heaven against the demonic world. We must always remember that our fight is against the spirit in operation, never the person. So that's the first step to this Jezebel thing. That when you are able to, uh, to recognize a Jezebel, whenever you are out there and you're trying to get over perversion and you're like, whoa, you know, I, I keep meeting these type of people. It's not them. It's the spirit that is being drawn. It's like a magnet, okay? The devil himself sent... Well, the devil sends out people with that spirit to come around you because he needs to feed you. And that spirit in you needs to be fed. So it's two things happening here. The spirit in you and the spirit in that person. Okay. So the book of Daniel describes to us a conversation between Daniel and an angel. Daniel engaged in spiritual warfare by fasting and praying. And I will tell you this. To defeat Jezebel, you have to fast and pray. You know, the Bible says that there are some things do not come out. You know, when the Lord, when Jesus, uh, when the disciples and Jesus were out casting out devils and, and the, the man who had a son, he, he had a deaf, a, deaf and, a deaf and dumb spirit, right? And then in the, the uh, I keep saying angels, the, um, the, the, the disciples could not cast that spirit out. You know, Why? Why did they? Why did? Why couldn't they? Because Jesus said some things do not come out until what, by fasting and praying. And so, uh, I know somebody who fasted and prayed for a whole year until that spirit was broken off of them. That spirit of perversion did not leave them until they fasted consistently and prayed for a whole year. Now, does it take a year for, you know, that spirit to come out? I don't think so. But there are certain, certain levels in, in demonic strongholds, okay? There are certain things. Some people have to get away from a certain environments. Some people have to get away from certain habits, some certain people, to be able to break that thing off of them, okay? There are some people who will fast and pray for a week and that thing will leave them, okay? Everybody's deliverance is not like your own deliverance, Okay? But you, that's why you have to start to fast and pray. Because when you do that, God will give you an appetite. I really think that that person, God gave that person grace to fast and pray. Because I don't know how you can fast and pray for a whole year. Okay? So, uh, we see that Daniel had on his full armor of God. To be able to defeat Jezebel, you have to have on your full armor of God. What is that? We see in Ephesians, right? 
Put on the full armor of God, the, the, what, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, you know, the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the sword, which is what? The word of God, your shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. You have to put them, put them on daily. I put on my, my, my full armor. I don't walk out of the house until I put on my full armor. And I already talked about the full armor in a, in a sermon on this podcast. Okay, you should go and, and look at it. Um, it's important. It's really, there are times where I'll be sitting down and I'm thinking about these things and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I thinking about? And I'm like, oh yeah, I did not put on my helmet of salvation today. I did not put on my full armor today. And I, when I actually did it, that thought left. Like literally, it stopped. Because when you put on your full armor, you are already like defeating certain demons. Like those imps. I call them those imps. You're already defeating certain level small level demons because they're sent around you to put things in your, in your mind okay and so you're wearing your armor and so we see that daniel was wearing his armor and was standing in faith okay when you wear your armor you stand in faith when he didn't know that you know god already sent a- an answer to him um that the principality of persia was basically you know the reason why he, he wasn't getting an answer yet uh, the region in which he was praying it was blocking his answer from being delivered from uh, from being delivered by the messenger of God, which was an angel. So, you know, some of you, God might have to take you out of certain regions, or your prayer to be, def- uh, your prayer to be um, delivered might be. Uh, taking a while because there are angels that are fighting principalities in that region. That's why it's so important to ask the Lord, where should you go and live? Okay, the region that Lot was in was a region of Sodom and Gomorrah, homosexuality. Okay, God had to take him out of that region. Some of you, you... You know, you move into a, a city and you don't ask the Lord, you know, if you should go there. And then when you get there, you start to experience certain things in your life. Like you never started watching porn until you moved to that place. Or you never started, started to look at, you know, the same sex until you moved to that place. You never, it, it, it might not even be cities, it might be jobs, it might be friendships that you have. Those are doorways that the enemy likes to use. Okay, we see here that this spirit, this spirit was blocking his answer. And so the, the Lord had to send another angel to help the angel to defeat this spirit. God already answered him. And I believe that the reason why um, this specific person had to fast for a whole year was because um, this Daniel thing was going on. They had to, there were certain things in the realm of the spirit that had to be broken for that person to be free from that spirit. And it was all God that did it for that person. So we see that the Prince of Persia was a very powerful, powerful demon or powerful principality, not a demon, powerful principality, to the fact that not only did the one angel fight that that demon, that principality, 
but another angel, Michael, had to an archangel. Oh, there are rankings in the angelic, um, in angelic messengers of God. I did a, a teaching on angels. You should go back. You should go and look look for it in my podcast, and and learn about what angel the different type of angels are. Remember that we don't worship angels. We don't look to them. We don't pray to them. We don't look to them as you know. I mean, we, we speak the word of God, we pray the word of God, and they hearken to it, okay? We don't, we don't worship them, we, we don't worship them, we don't put them as gods, they are not, they are not at all. They're, they're messengers of God, okay, for us, okay? So we talk to the Lord, we pray to the Lord, we worship God, okay? People who, who get into the angelic teachings, they, they get so deep into it that they start to worship angels. We don't do that at all. We don't put them on the same ranking as God because you're not. Okay, so go back and look at the angel teaching that I did. Uh, and so the angel, Michael, who's, a, who's an archangel, came to help 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 the first angel um, answer Daniel's prayer. So you see how the principality... And angels fight on our behalf, right? So Jezebel is a type of principality, okay? But of course, Jezebel has children. And that's going to another level of what Jezebel is. Jezebel has children, okay? And those children are demons on here, on this earth, that are in people that are behaving in a Jezebelic way. How does a Jezebel spirit enter a person? All right. Jezebel enters a person through a spirit of divination and witchcraft and desire to control, okay? It is full of pride and connected to Leviathan. Jezebel is connected to Leviathan. And many people will say like, oh, Leviathan is not a, um, uh, what do you call it? A demon. Well, Leviathan is a demon that's in the Word of God. When you look in the Word of God, you will see Leviathan. Uh, people who are in, um, I would say, deliverance know the different names of demons. How you cast out demons. I don't know why I'm talking about <laughs> casting out demons uh, teaching today. All right, so how you cast out demons is how Jesus did it. He called it by name or he called it by its function. Now, I'm not saying go around casting out demons, okay, because you have to have a certain authority to do that. Because if you don't, then you'll you be like the sons of Sceva. They will jump on you, okay? Uh, most people who are deliverance ministers, they don't go about casting out demons just because. You have to um, know that the person wants to be set free. If the person doesn't want to be set free, you are going into very difficult territories. The person has to want to be set free before you can cast out a spirit. So Leviathan is in the word of God. Leviathan is in, we see, it's a sea serpent, okay? We see in Psalm 74, 14, it said, As a multi-headed sea serpent that is 
killed by God and given as food to the, to the Hebrews in the wilderness. And we see in Isaiah 27, 1, Leviathan is a spirit and a symbol of Israel's enemies who will be slain by God. Okay, so Leviathan is a spirit of pride. Okay, the spirit of pride. Um, now that that demon is a very strong spirit. Um, people who cast out that spirit normally cast it out with other people. Okay, it's a very very strong spirit. So I'm talking about you know Jezebel, but I'm talking about spirits that that come with Jezebel. One of the spirits that come with Jezebel is Leviathan, okay? Um, if you have Jezebel, you might have Leviathan, prideful spirit, because Jezebel likes to have control. Jezebel ruled over the children of Israel in all her sin and wickedness, okay? She taught the children of, uh, the children of Israel to sin against God with idol worship. When our hearts are upright before God, Jezebel has no seat at all has no way in our hearts that's why it's important like how it says in psalm 23 that you know they that dwell under the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty right in psalms it's important to dwell under the secret place of the most high because when you dwell you know as it says in the book of psalms is that uh, what happens is that the enemy cannot find you. Remember the, in, in the book of Job, when, when the devil came to the Lord and the devil said, haven't you put a hedge over, the, over Job? Okay, when, when you dwell, when you are a, a servant of God, when, when you are a servant of God, when you are somebody who abide yourself in the Lord, when you are somebody who's blameless before God, I'm not saying you're perfect, but you're blameless, meaning that you're very careful not to, not to you know, grieve the Holy Spirit. You're very careful not to do things, you know, consciously against the against the word of God and against God himself you have a fear of God in you and Job had a fear of God in him in him that's why God God hid him he put a hedge over him okay so before the devil could attack Job he asked God to take the hedge off and so when you are when your heart is upright with God demons cannot come and just have their way in your life just like that Okay, there has to be a break-in, like a, a, a space for them to enter. They have to have legal rights. Okay, the seat of our heart should only belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We cannot have idols before Him. Okay, so your pornography is an idol before God. Your, your um, homosexual tendencies is an idol before God. Okay, when you wear clothes that are the opposite sex, those are idols before God. Because what you're doing is that you're elevating that over who God called you to be. And that's an idol. You looking at the same sex and actually like practicing homosexuality, going out with the same sex, you know, lusting and talking and having sex with the same sex, that's idol worship. Okay? When you are um, dressing, you know, because your body is a living sacrifice, right? Holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is a true and proper worship, which is a true and proper service to the Lord. When you are using your body as a temptation, you are basically causing your body to be idolized by other people. You are becoming an idol yourself, okay, for people to stumble, okay? And you are idolizing these clothes that are very seductive, 
thinking that it will cause people to be attracted to you, but actually you are putting that as an idol. If you are somebody, a man or a woman that is, um, you know, um, cheating on your wife, you know, if you're a man that's cheating on your wife, or if you're a woman that's cheating on your husband, you are putting that that second person as an idol. When when in your marriage, the person who's supposed to be in the middle or join your marriage is God Himself, right? You you are you might you might think, oh no. I'm just talking to, you know, you might be a guy at work. You're like, you're just talking to Susie about your issues with your wife. No, go talk to God about your issues with your wife. Or you might be, you know, Mary and you're like, you're talking to James about your issues with your husband. No, no, no. Because what you're doing is that you're opening a door of emotional cheating. There are levels in cheating. There's emotional cheating and physical cheating. Men normally, I don't know why I'm going here, but men normally think that, you know, physical cheating is not that bad. Meaning that, oh, well, no, actually men think that, you know, emotional cheating is not that bad. Uh, men think that emotional cheating is not that bad, but they think that physical cheating is the worst. Like, it's wrong. But they think that emotional cheating is, is not that bad. But women think, we think that emotional cheating is as bad as physical cheating. Okay? But anyway, regardless, do not put somebody else as an idol in your, in your marriage. Okay? Um... Let's read Revelations 2, 20 to 23. It says, But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her out. I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery, you hear me? Those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead. So she does have children. Those are, you know, demons that are in people. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. I love that. Because God knows the heart and, and the mind, Right? And I will give to each of you as your works deserve. So that's what's going to happen, you know, if you let Jezebel rule your life. You'll be on a sickbed with her. And I don't want to be on a sickbed. Um, here, you know, it says that she calls herself a prophetess. That's a whole level because, you know, <laughs> many women who are prophetic call themselves prophet- prophetess. You know, which is supposed to be like that because... Um, you know, prophet, prophetess is like the feminine way to say prophet. But I don't see apostatess. <laughs> you know, I don't see apostatess, just apostle, right? I don't see evangelist tests, right? Anyway, um, that's that. But anyway, uh, that's basically what Jezebel was referred to as a prophetess. She basically is walking in divination, walking in control, uh, witchcraft. So sometimes people who used to meet women that are prophetic uh, would kind of go, you know, if somebody did something wrong, they would be like, oh, that's a, that's a Jezebel prophetess, you know, and basically saying that that person is Jezebel. Um, the, the Bible says that we are to test the fruit. 
It didn't say we have, well, it says we have to, we have to, we will know them by their fruit, right? Not by their gift, right? And so if somebody has a Jezebel spirit that is a prophet, you will know by their fruit, okay? Are, are they walking in divination? Are they walking in witchcraft? Are they controlling? Do they want your way or no way, right? There are, there are signs to tell if somebody has a Jezebel spirit. Um, and it's a prophetess. Now, that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that every prophetess is a Jezebel. No, um, there are very very strong anointed women of God that are prophetess. Um, so don't go around and be like, oh, that that's a prophetess, that's a Jezebel. No, you know there are apostles that have Jezebel spirit, right? There are pastors that have Jezebel spirit. There are teachers that have Jezebel spirit. There are people. That have Jezebel spirit. They're evangelists that have Jezebel spirit. It doesn't. Demons do not, you know, only choose these these types. Well, they like to be in people who are anointed more than people who are not. Um. All right. So, who is Jezebel? I'm going to not butcher these names. So let's try and get these names correctly. If I butcher the names, I am sorry. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Kings 16.31, 1 Kings 16.33. We're going to look at 1 Kings 21.1-6, 1 Kings 19.1-3, 1 Kings 18.4, 2 Kings 9, 2 Kings 9.36-37. I hope you got all of that. <laughs> but that's, what, that's, what, that's where I'm going to reference and who Jezebel is. So with those Bible verses I gave you, let's look at who Jezebel is. Jezebel is a female member, well, was a female member of the church at Tyatera, who was promoting destruction, destructive heresies and leading many into moral compromise. Basically, she was um, causing them to fall into temptation to basically worship idols and do things that are not of God. So according to 1 Kings 16.31, Jezebel was the daughter of Earth Baal, king of Zidonians, okay, who married Ahab, king of Israel. We're going to look at uh, 1 Kings, uh, I would say 1 Kings 18 to 19 and 2 Kings um, 9. But I'm giving you overview. So largely, because of her influence in seeking to combine the worship of the Lord Yahweh with the worship of Baal, it said that uh, her husband, that he, he did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. When you look at uh, 1 Kings 16 to uh, 33. 
So she was basically trying to like cause them to mix idols, basically serve two masters. And we know in the word of God, God is a jealous God. You know, we are not to serve two masters. Even when the devil came to Jesus and told him to, you know, um, uh, one, he said, turn these bread into, you know, um, I mean, turn these stones into bread. And then Jesus gave him the Bible verse, mention I'll live by bread alone, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, you know, throw yourself down. You know, we should not, you know, test the God, test the Lord our God. You know, if you, and then the devil said, if you bow down before me, I'll give you all of this. You know, and the and Jesus said, you know, we cannot serve two masters. We only have to serve God. So wherever there is a combination of the world and the Lord, the word of God and the world, there is a Jezebel there. Okay. Because Jezebel was trying to combine, you know, God, godly things with worldly things. And that's why the Bible says that, you know, you tolerate that per, that that woman who calls herself prophetess. It says, uh, Revelations 2, 20 to 23. But I have this against you. You know, the different churches, right? Um, you should read Revelations 2, where basically God is talking about the different churches and, and their issues, what they're doing wrong. You know, we have the lukewarm church and all of that. Um, but it says, I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching the, and seducing many, and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality, and to eat food, sacrifice to idols. You know, I gave her time to repent, but she doesn't want to repent from her sexual, you know, immoralities. And this is what is going to happen to her. She's going to be thrown on a sickbed. Right? So that's what she was doing. And so wherever you see that, you know, sexual immorality which is perversion, right? Uh, sacrifices to idols. An idol can be anything you place before God. It can be uh, a man, you know, as a woman. Many times when we get into relationship, we get excited. We're dating a guy and he's great and he's cute and he's just all that we want in a man. But sometimes we get to that place where we put him in before the Lord. And that's not good because that's an idol. You can put your job as an idol. You can put friendship as an idol. You can put your family as an idol. You can even put your house as an idol. Whatever it is that you put before the Lord is an idol. I don't know who that needs, who needs to listen to that, because I have been convicted many times, you know, where God has convicted me, like, hey, you're putting that thing in front of me. You're putting, you know, there are times where God has told me, I need you to quit your job, because you're putting your job as an idol before me, you know, and Nothing, nobody should replace God. Not, no, nobody, not a thing, not a place, not a, nothing, you know. Um, and so we see what basically happening here. So wherever there is a combination of the world, that's why, I, that's why I don't like lukewarm churches. I don't like churches where it's like the, the culture of the world is coming into the church, you know, whereas the church should go into the world, you know. I don't, I don't mind playing certain songs at church. But I really, personally, I think that there should not be rap music, rap Christian songs played at church. That's just me. You know, the kids already listen to enough rap Christian music at home. When they come to church, I really think, this, this is the conviction I, I have in me. Every time I hear, you know, Christian rap at church for the kids, for the youth ministry, for the teens, for the young adult, I just get very uncomfortable. Because the church should be an atmosphere where, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be boring, no. But we have to, we have to cultivate the spirit of the, the, the atmosphere of God. It should always have a place where we can cultivate 
you know, every time we meet, we should have God visit us. We should have the Holy Spirit visit us. I have never seen, well, for me personally, I've never seen the Holy Spirit visit somebody listening to rap, Christian rap. I have, I have not. Maybe it, maybe it's happened, and I don't, I don't think, you know, God cannot use rap music to, 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 you know, bring somebody to Christ. I think He can, but it's very uncommon to see, you know, the Holy Spirit come into a place when there's rap Christian music playing. I've not seen that ever, you know. But when you play worship, when you we pray, when you play praise and worship, when you play, you know, certain worship song, it opens up the atmosphere. And that's what really I love about, you know, um, coming to church, not seeing, not seeing the world in the church. I mean, of course, you know, the world are supposed to come to the church, but the church should not intentionally, you know, demonstrate the world on stage. You know what I mean? Like, we, we want the world in the church. We want people to come dress how they want to dress, as they dress outside of the world. You know, because we want them to be influenced by what we give them, by, by what the Word of God is saying. But if they come and, and what is in the world is in the church, then they're not really getting any influence. They're not really going to change because what's outside of the church is inside of the church. You know, they're still going to get the same thing. And that's why we have to stand apart. The Bible says that be set apart, Right. So I, that's my desire to see the church be set apart from the culture, from the world. You want to draw them to you, be different from the world. That's how you draw people. Look, Jesus did not go around drawing people by being like the Pharisees. No, he drew them by being Jesus. You know, yes, the Pharisees were very, you know, um, legalistic. And just because you don't do the things of the world doesn't mean that you are legalistic, you know. It's not. You can be, you, you can do, you know, you can avoid doing the things of the world or bringing the worldly culture into the church and not be legalistic, you know. Um, so that's just my desire to see the church more, move, move more in power, move more in, the, you know, the glory of God, the, the anointing of God, the, 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 the move of God, you know. That's what I want to see more of. But anyway, that's my little ramp. Let's continue about this. So, Jezebel was responsible for killing, um, for the killing of Nabot. Nabot and uh, basically cons- uh, making up, let me see, hold on, let me make sure I'm saying this right. Uh, so, Jezebel was responsible for killing, uh, killing the killing of Nabot and basically making up, uh, destroying his vineyard for her husband, who's Ahab. When you look at First Kings twenty one one to six, okay, she bought, uh, she sought the debt of all the prophets of Israel. You look at First Kings eighteen to four and Second Kings nine, and even came close to killing Elijah. Okay, look at First Kings nineteen to one to three. After the music break, we're gonna go and look at that. I want to read the Bible to you. So her death came as a result of being thrown from a w- window where she was. Uh, then trampled by a horse. When it when an attempt was made to recover her body for um, basically to be buried, they discovered that the only thing they that they saw was left was you know a skull, her feet, and her and palms of her hands. So when you look at Second uh, Kings nine thirty six to thirty seven, you see that dogs had eaten her flesh in fulfillment of the prophetic word that Elijah spoke. 
uh, and we're going to look at it. Uh, I just want to give like an overview before we go into a break. Um, so when they came back uh, and told him, he said, this is from uh, Second Kings. No, no, this is from, uh, yeah, Second Kings. It said, when they came back and told him, he said, this is the word of the Lord, which uh, he spoke by his servant Elijah, the Tishbite. In the territory of Jezreel, the dogs shall eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the corpse of Jezebel shall be as dung on the face of the field in the territory of Jezreel, so that no one can say, this is Jezebel. And I love that, because honestly, I hate the spirit of Jezebel. I hate that spirit, because that spirit hate prophets, okay? That spirit hate apostles. That spirit is against men and women of God who have made up their mind, who are sold out for Christ. That spirit comes in men, comes in women, comes in children. I'm going to go and talk about how you can identify those spirits in men, in women, in children, okay? That spirit is, comes to come and kill, destroy, and steal from you, okay? And she basically, uh, she, she basically comes you know, convinces the followers of Jesus to abandon their commitment to eternal purity and then engage in sexual immorality and other forms of compromise with their surrounding culture. So a person who has a spirit of Jezebel is like one who appeals to her or to his or her spirituality to rationalize. So for example, they, uh, they, they, they make, um, you know, spirituality sexual. That's why I hate like whenever I, you know, I've always said on here, I hate to see women dressed seductively. I think that seduction should be for your husband. It's okay to seduce your husband, you know, in, in the bedroom. It's okay to wear those lingeries for your husband, okay? That's, what's, that, that's what lingeries are made for, to have great sex with your husband because the, the, the you know, uh, the marriage bed is undefiled, right? But... As a woman of God, you should not be dressing seductively to go and preach because you're distracting the men in the room. You know, and as a, as a man of God, you should not be going out there to preach or to, 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 to lead people to Christ when you're dressed seductively. We have to be aware of our body. You know, our body is also part of our ministry, right? How we dress is part of our ministry, okay? And so what Jezebel does is that she sexualizes everything, okay? And that's one thing about... When you are somebody who you, you are able to discern spirits, even when people speak, you can discern the spirit in their voice. Okay? I can discern Jezebel from people's voice. When, even when they sing. When somebody sing, they start, you know, you can, you can tell when somebody is singing with an anointing and somebody is singing with sexual, you know, um, tone, right? Yeah. So often people who have the Jezebel spirit don't even believe in believe it is sinful or illicit to you know behave in sexual way you know because they are blinded by pride which is leviathan they think that they are right they are always right like they know the best nobody knows best i don't know the best that's why i'm still in ministry school i'm always learning i'm always sitting and learning from apostles i'm always sitting and learning from prophets i'm always sitting and learning from pastors i'm always sitting and learning from teachers i'm always sitting and learning from evangelists I'm always learning because I don't know everything. I'm always sitting and learning from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus, from the Lord, okay? You know, and from experiences that the Lord let me have, 
you know, and if, even from older people who have lived life before me and my parents who, what they've told me over the years. So, you know, people who have Jezebel, not only are they controlling or seducing, but they also are prideful because they, they think they are right. You know, they love the praise of men. They are very sensual, you know, um, and may even think that it's appropriate to behave like that. So the things that are, like, inappropriate, like the things that are not permissible in the world, you know, things that are not permissible, things, things that are not good to do in church. Jezebel think, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's just the kids, you know, it's just outfit, it's just, you know, it's just the way that person is, you know, they're always giving excuses and be like, oh, it's okay, you know, what she said was not that bad, but no, she just denied Christ, that's bad, you know, oh, what she said was not that bad, you know, she, she just used curse words, that's bad, the Jezebels are always trying to justify wrong, like, oh, it's okay, it's not that bad. You know, and that's one of the things about Jezebel to help induce and create more of, you know, idol worship, create more combination of, um, you know, the world into the church or into the children of God. Um, many people will be like, okay, so then how can I discern? You know, the Bible says that Paul advises us in First Thessalonians five twenty-one to twenty-two says, "Do not despise prophecies, but test everything." Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Right? Abstain from every form of evil. So, to wrap up this first part of the teaching, before we go into the advertisement for, you know, worship, um, I want you to, everything I've said so far, I want you to really have a moment with the Lord. Worship with a song. And ask the Lord to give you clarity in what in your life has the spirit of Jezebel all over it? Or basically, what is it that you're doing to open the spirit of Jezebel into your life? You know, like I said, if you're somebody who dresses seductively, you already have the spirit of Jezebel. That is the, sedu- that is, that is the seducing part of Jezebel. When Jezebel cannot seduce you, she will try to control you or he will try to control you. Okay? Most Jezebels... Seducing spirit of Jezebel are seen in women. The most seducing spirit of Jezebel, uh, uh, most controlling spirit of Jezebel are seen in men. Okay, when Jezebel cannot control you, that's how I'm. I, I'm always able to tell that spirit because if 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 they can seduce you, they'll try to control you. If they can control you, they try to seduce you. And so if they change in those two ways, you know there's a Jezebel spirit in there. Okay, and so you have to ask yourself really. If you're somebody who's dealing with homosexuality, ask yourself, who in your life, every homosexual person has a Jezebel in your life? Because the thing is that most uh, homosexual people are fed by Jezebel. You might have a, 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 a leader in your life that's a Jezebel at your, at your job or a coworker or your friend. The enemy can send them to be your friend, to be your coworker. To be your 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 um your confidant, to be you know your um your uh, your neighbor, you know, the enemy wants a legal right to feed that spirit in you. So you have to ask yourself. You know your struggles. 
you know you you're attracted to the same sex so therefore you have to be careful when you are making relationship with the same sex you know you have to ask yourself is this god sending this person or is it the devil right now i'm not saying that you shouldn't have friends oh having having girlfriends are amazing you know as a woman you you you, you can go out with your girlfriends have a great time you know talk to them about your issues vent to them it's great it's amazing i love because when when something's going wrong i call my friends i'm like listen this is what's happening i need y'all to stop praying for me you know if something is happening with them some of them like literally message me with some of their issues you know and i prayed about it prophetically the lord led me to counsel them and tell them what's going on right so it's great to have friends but you have to ask yourself are these friends from the lord or are these friends from the devil okay or co-workers you don't have to be friends with co-workers you can be you know if you think that this co-worker is has a jezebel spirit you can still say hi and pass by you don't gotta tell them your birthday and all that you you don't have to open a door because jezebel wants a door jezebel will do everything to get a door that spirit is determined like when i tell you that spirit is a determined spirit it is a determined spirit and the thing is that you know you can tell when that spirit is happy that you're falling into temptation because that spirit will smile, will laugh, you know, and they can see. Because demons, look, if you are somebody who's called into deliverance, you can tell, you can see a demon's face in, in somebody's face. I had a dream this week, and I, I saw in the dream, um, there was a, a woman that came and passed by. I was sitting in the car. And the, woman, and the woman came and passed by. And then she came to my, my window. And when she came to my window, she was trying to, like, push herself through, through my window. And then I said, and I saw her. When she was coming, I saw her. I was like, oh, yes, that's Jezebel. So when she came to my door, my window, I tried to, like, fight her. And then her face changed. Like, the spirit in her face. When I said, I see you, Jezebel. You, the, the spirit in her face, which was like black, it was this weird black thing, showed up on her face, okay? And then um, I got out of the car, and I, I, you know, I wanted to cast that spirit out. Um, and then we had this, like, it was like a, this fight going on. And then all of a sudden, I saw, like, other women coming around. And those were women who had the Jezebel spirit as well. And then when I saw them coming around, the dream went back to the, the beginning again. And this is, whenever you dream and you see the dream happen again, it means God is trying to tell you something. So the, the moment I saw the women coming toward me and her, and I saw their faces, and I saw the spirit in their faces, the Jezebel spirit, the dream came back to the beginning again. And then I was sitting back in my car. And then I saw the Jezebel spirit coming. But this time, I did not, I rolled, I, I, I rolled up my glass. This time, I did not, I, my, my glass was not down. She passed in front of my car. I did not look at her. I did not interact with her. I said nothing. All I did was sat in my car and I prayed. And God was trying to tell me something about the spirit of Jezebel. Is that when you go after one of them, all of them will show up. 
That's the thing about Jezebel is that when you come after one of them, her children will show up. If you want to know who the Jezebel spirit is in your church or in your job, when you figure out that one of them is, just attack that one. You will see that the other ones will start to rise up and start to have accusation against you, gossiping about you, doing all kinds of things. That's how you're going to know which one of them is Jezebel. Okay? Now, um, that was a prophetic dream that God gave me because he kept telling me to, to, to teach about Jezebel. And I'm like, okay, then confirm it to me. You know, and I was talking about, I was talking to the Lord about how to overcome Jezebel. Sometimes you have to ignore her and just pray. Okay? Sometimes that's your strategy. It's to just ignore her like how Joseph did. You know, I think that if, if Samson ignored Delilah and went about his way and mind his own business, I don't think he would have, you know, lost his eyes and lost his hair, you know, his hair. You know, um, so sometimes the best thing you can do is just sit in your tabernacle, sit in the dwelling place. Okay. In the dream, my car was the dwelling place where I seek the Lord. Right. In the dream, that's what it represented. And so I just did not have my, my windows down and Jezebel was not able to come in. Right. So what God was saying through the dream room is that. To share with you guys what what windows are down in your life that is opening a door for for that spirit to come in you have to you have to shut that window up right and when you see that spirit coming around do not even interact with that but don't look at it you know if you're a woman that's dealing with you know perversion dealing with lust dealing with sex addiction or you know pornography addiction don't go around in, in the marketplace looking at all these muscles and looking at all these men you know, because you, you know you're going to go there, right? If you're, if you're a man, don't go around looking at every woman. You know you're going to go there. Go in, get what you need to get, and get out, right? Because you are, you are in, in a season of healing, deliverance. So you don't want to, you know, make an opportunity for the enemy, right? And if you are somebody who is dealing with homosexuality, you know, um, when you go out there, do not intentionally want to look at the same sex. In a seducing way, no, right? Instead, look at the opposite sex. Intentionally look at the opposite sex. When you do that, guess what's going to happen? You start to um, desire the opposite sex because God will see your heart that actually you want to actually change, right? And so start looking at the opposite sex and even pray. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Pray for God to send you more of the opposite sex to you, okay? Because God is looking at your heart. Remember, we read that God sees the what? The mind and the heart. So when you intentionally put foot to faith, God is going to change and deliver you. But he's first looking to see if you actually want to be free, right? And if you're somebody who's like basically dressing seductively, you know, and you go out there, um, don't look at outfits that are seducing. Go, go to like, what the black and white store go to um macy's and, and go tell somebody look I, this is how i used to dress i don't want to dress anymore help me to dress you know with modesty help me to dress with you know integrity there are a lot of women i would tell you that a lot of women in macy's in in you know lord and taylor in you know um forever 21 in 
you know, um, black and white store in um, Nordstrom, you know, Target, in Walmart. If you if you do buy stuff from Walmart, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, if you shop at, you know, um, what do you call it, Ross, you know, wherever you shop, just go and tell them. And some of you, sometimes you have to stop shopping at where you shop because you know. Like, I stopped shopping, and I love Forever 21. I love Forever 21. But the thing is, I stopped shopping for Forever 21 with certain things. You know, Forever 21, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, um, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with stores. It's what you go there to buy, okay? They will always go with the trend. Stores will always have trends. If the trend is mid midriff showing, they will have it there. If the trend is mini skirt, they're gonna have it there. It's up to you to decide if you're gonna buy that long sleeve shirt or you're gonna buy, you know, if you're gonna buy this specific shirt that's gonna cover you, you know, or you're gonna buy a tank top that only covers half of your, your stomach. Right? So for me personally, there are certain places places that I, I shop now. I don't shop at certain places anymore. Because what I need, they don't have anymore, you know. Did I shop there before? Yeah. I, I would buy those, you know, Forever 21 dresses and go out there looking like a walking temptation. But I don't do that anymore. Praise the Lord. Okay. So you can go to the store and ask people to help you dress better. Okay. Um, so that's part of the teaching for just about today. Let me... Play this song, and I want you to take time to worship with this song and really ask the Lord to, to show you. Trust me. When you ask God to show you you, he will show you you. Show you what's going wrong in your life. Because God loves to chast- God, God chastise those that he loves, okay? Um, the only person you can be truthful with in this season of your healing and deliverance is the Lord. You, got, you have to be brutally truthful, okay? Have this time with him and tell him, Lord... You know my struggles. You know why I can't stop looking at this. You know why I can't stop doing this or doing that or doing this, 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 that. He knows. So you have to talk to him. And when you're talking to him, ask him to send angels to help you. To send angels. Because, you know, there are your ear gates, your eye gates, okay? Your ear gates and your eye gates are what the enemy wants the most. He wants your ears and your eyes. So you have to surrender those to the Lord and tell him to send angels to guard your ear gates and your eye gates and show you who the Jezebels are in your life right now. Who the Jezebels are that are feeding your perversive spirit. Because when you do that, when that spirit comes around, and trust me, when you get delivered, that spirit will always want to come around because it needs to reintroduce you to what you left. You will be able to quickly identify that spirit and remove that spirit or remove yourself from that spirit. Some of you might have to quit your jobs. Some of you might have to stop relationship, friendship that you have. Some of you might have to tell some family members you need time, you know, from them. Okay, because your healing is important. Okay, some of you might have to move from your neighborhood because all the people there are homosexuals. Or, you know, you're, you're basically in Sodom and Gomorrah. You might have to be a lot. You might have to be a lot that you have to leave that place. Yeah, there might be lots of wife that might turn around and, and turn into salt, but that's not your problem. Your problem is you need to be set free. You need to leave and be delivered and be whole. Right? 
And so this time, I want you to take time and really go before the Lord. Like remove every distraction from your face and go before the Lord and ask him to show you Jezebel. The Jezebel's in your life right now. And um, you might be the Jezebel. The Jezebel might be inside of you. And that's, that is a step to identify it. it I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if you have a seducing spirit, if you like to dress seductively, you already have Jezebel spirit. Uh, you know, you don't even have to like ask the Lord for that. You have Jezebel spirit inside of you. And it can come out. You, at the end, I'm, we're going to pray. Um, but you are basically being... The, 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 the enemy is using you to be a source for those that are struggling with, you know, pornography, masturbation, homosexuality, okay? Um, and even adultery, okay? So, and, and, you know, when I say all of this, it's, it's because I want you to identify. The first step of deliverance is identifying. The first step of deliverance is, is exposing, Okay? That you, this is what you have. All right? That's why Jesus, you know, whenever he came to meet with certain demons, to cast out demons, he would ask them, what is your name? Right? Because you need to expose that spirit. Because spirits don't like to be exposed. They, don't, they like to be hidden. Okay? They don't want to come to the light because they want to be in their evil ways. But when you expose it, you shine light on it, then it can't hide anymore. Then you have to remove it. It's like a rat. A rat, a rat hiding in a, in a closet. You know the rat is there. We hear the rat. Uh, we hear the rat munching on crackers. We hear it. We hear those little icky icky sounds coming from the closet. But guess what? The rat things you don't know is there, but you know the rat is there. So what do you do? You take your light and go shine the light on that rat. Like I see you, rat. You see me. I see you. Now it's time for you to get out. Right? So right now, you're about to shine the light on that rat. Okay? That's the analogy that I'm having right now. Shine the light on that rat. To expose that rat. To let the rat know, hello, I see you. You see me. We're going to see who's going to leave this place. You're going to leave because you're not paying no bills here. And that's what you have to tell the demons. You're not paying no bills. You can't stay in this body. Right? And so I want you to really take time to, to ask the Lord to, to show you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to please show them who the Jezebels are right now in your lives, in your workplaces, in your ministries, in your churches, in, you know, in your families, in your community, in, you know, within themselves, within your close relationship, within your distant relationship, wherever it is, show it to them, expose it, let the light of Jesus shine upon that thing that they will see clear as day during this worship song. In the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. Expose the rat. Let our worship rise tonight, God. We'll pour our love on you. Break open our box. Give you everything. From here to there. Worship is filling the atmosphere both now and then. Songs of your love will never end. All day and night as we bow down our praise. 
the song Worship Rise by Travis Green was a time that you could just literally sit before the Lord and allow him to rise above your issues, rise above the spirit of perversion. Um, I want us to look at certain people in the Bible that dealt with Jezebel. One of them is Elijah. So let's look at uh, 1 Kings 18. Okay. Um, so let's see, it says here, First Kings 18, I'm going to jump around because I, I don't want to read the whole thing. Uh, it says, the, uh, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, go, present yourself to Ahab. We know that Ahab is, um, we know that Ahab is the, uh, the husband to Jezebel. And I will send rain on the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was a severe famine in Samaria. Let's skip to four. While Jezebel masquerade uh, for okay four, uh, a first Kings four, a first Kings eighteen four. For so it was while Jezebel masquerade the prophets of the Lord that 
Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them, 50 to a cave, and had fed them with bread and water. Let's skip to 6. So they divided the land between them to explore it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. Let's go to 13. Was it not report to my Lord what I did when Jezreel killed and when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How I hid one hundred men of the Lord's prophets, fifty to a cave, and fed them with bread and water. And now you say, Go tell your master Elijah is here, he will kill me. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Um okay, let's see. So we see that uh, Elijah Mount, uh, mounts, Elijah's Mount Carmel victory. You know, this is the time where Elijah rained down fire, right? When it says uh, 21. And, and Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you, you, will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow Baal. Follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. And so they basically went through... You know, let's see if that if Baal's God, if, if Baal's prophets can rain down fire, you know, compared to Elijah prophets, can they, you know, basically who's going to rain down fire? And they saw that, they, you know, the, uh, the Baal prophets cannot rain down fire. So let's see, 36, First uh, Kings 18, 36 says, it says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near. And said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O God, O Lord. Hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of God fell and consumed the burnt offering, um, the burnt sacrifice, excuse me. And the, word, and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Uh, 39. Now when all the people saw it. Now this is why, you know, Jezebel hates Elijah. Um, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Basically, they worship God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape, which is a great thing for him to do. Because you want, you want to overtake, you know, prophets of the enemy. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook, to the brook Kishon and it executed them there. So Elijah killed the Baal prophets. And so this is what happened. Um, let's go down to 19, first Kings 19, it says, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, now Jezebel herself did not go to Elijah, but she sent a message to him. The thing is, Jezebel likes to intimidate with her messages. Okay. So, when you meet a Jezebel spirit, it will try to intimidate you with your words, your actions. It's trying to see if you will get intimidated. 
okay when you get when you start to feel fearful it feeds that spirit it, 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 it makes it realize okay now i have that person so let's see um uh let's see two first king first kings 19 two then jezebel sent a message to elijah saying so let the gods do to me and more also if i do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time so basically trying to say that she's going to kill the elijah prophets or elijah himself like how elijah killed the prophets of baal and so what did elijah do there's a man who rained down fire and just by hearing a word, what did he do? And he, and when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to uh, Beersheba, which belongs to Judea, and left his servant there. He left his servant there, and he basically departed and left in fear. Jezebel likes to put fear in people, okay? Likes to put fear in people. When you are somebody who is in adultery, you know you're not supposed to cheat on your wife, but you're emotionally cheating on your wife, or you're physically cheating on your wife, or maybe you might be a woman and you're cheating on your husband. And when you're trying to leave that person, that person trying to put fear on you, but like, I'm going to go tell your, your spouse, I'm going to tell your husband that you cheated, or I'm going to tell your wife that you cheated. That's a Jezebel spirit trying to, you know, cause you not to stop the relationship. He's trying to intimidate you. Okay. Uh, let's see what it says. It says, um, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down on it under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no longer better than my father's. This is a man who like a few seconds ago defeated Baal's prophets. But now he is scared for his life because of something that this woman said. He forgot who he was for a minute. So it doesn't matter if you have a spirit inside of you. I don't want you to forget who you are. If you've given your life to God, that spirit came in there after you gave your life to God or, or that spirit was in there when you gave your life to the Lord, you belong to the Lord. You don't belong to that spirit. Okay, I don't know. Uh, I feel like somebody needs to hear that. You don't belong to that spirit. You belong to the Lord. So do not be fearful. Okay? Do not run away into the wilderness and go hide. So we see that he stepped under, you know, a broom tree. And then an angel came and touched him and told him to arise and eat. And they gave him food to eat and all of that. And God said, you know, I have thousands. You know, I have many prophets. I have a lot of prophets left. You know, because we know uh, Obadiah, you know, uh, took some of the prophets and hit them, right? 100 prophets and hit them. You know, he took 100 prophets and he hit them. So right now, Elijah had to remember his identity, okay? In the midst of Jezebel, you have to remember who you are. You cannot let her seducing ways or her, um, her, um, intimidating ways for make you forget who you are so god had god had to take elijah through a, a session of reminding him who he was you know he was not in the fire he was not in the in the wind 
what was he? He was in a still small voice. God was trying to remind him, hey, Elijah, I am, I am the God who came through fire. I'm God who came through wind. I'm, I'm still the God who come through still small voice. You haven't changed. I haven't changed. You're still the Elijah that I, I created. Why are you letting this woman who just spoke some words make you feel like you should die? When you know that I am a God who can send fire against those Baal prophets, I am a God who can do this and do that, do miracle signs that one. I'm I am God above all. So now that you have identified your Jezebels, this is a time for you to know that you, sh- you should not be fearful of your Jezebels. That's what God is saying right now. Remember who you are. Yes, you have a spirit inside of you, but guess what? You are still a vessel of the Lord, right? Because we know that you know when the Lord sent. Um, When the Lord sent one of the prophets, Ananias, yeah. When the Lord sent, sent Ananias to go and pray for Saul so that his eyes will be open, okay? When Saul, when Ananias went, Ananias was like, wait, you know, when the Lord told Ananias in the book of Acts, I think Acts 9, that, you know, um, he should go and pray for Saul so that his eyes will be open. And I has told the Lord, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a minute. Lord, don't you know who Saul is? He's killing your people. What did God tell Saul? What did God tell Ananias? When we look at Act 9, Act 9, 15, it says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he may suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered, his house, and entered the house, and laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the, with the Holy Spirit. So just because you have a spirit doesn't mean that, you know, you know that Saul had, had a murderous spirit. But God still used him, right? He was still a chosen vessel before the Lord. So you are still a chosen vessel before the Lord. Just because you have identified your, your Jezebel doesn't mean that you should be scared of your Jezebel. Your Jezebel should be scared of you. Because Luke ten nineteen, God has given you authority over every, everything that's not like, that is not like him, right? So... Let's look at somebody else who had to deal with the Jezebel spirit. It was Joseph. Joseph had to deal with the seducing spirit of Jezebel that was coming in the form of, you know, Potiphar's wife. We know about the story of Joseph. I don't have to go through it. I, I always reference Joseph's story here all the time but we know what you know Potiphar's wife was trying to do so we see here in um, Genesis 39 let's go to 7 and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph 
and said, lie with me. Now, this is adultery, right? Because we know that Potiphar, Potiphar's wife is married to Potiphar. We don't really know her name. But she's married. There's a woman with a spirit of perversion, Jezebel's spirit inside of her. She's over here, like, telling the, the servant to lie with her. And, you know, you might be somebody that might be in the case of Potiphar's wife because you're telling somebody who's, who's not your husband to lie with you. Or maybe you might be telling somebody who's not your wife to lie with you. Or you might be Joseph in this season of somebody telling you to lie with them. You know, somebody telling you to lie with them. Either way, you have to realize this. There is a deep conviction here. See, the thing is, Potiphar's wife was not convicted because she had a spirit inside of her. Even the many times that Joseph said no to her. And even using the name of the Lord. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, if you have the fear of God in you, you will be convicted when somebody said what, what Joseph said to this woman. But she still persisted. Why? Because Jezebel likes to persist and persist and persist. So here we go. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in, this, in the house. Um, and he has committed all that... He has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife, right? So if you're somebody who is a victim of adultery, you tell that person you are his wife. You are her husband. <laughs> How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Pause. Joseph was not saying sinning against himself or sinning against the word of God or sinning against, you know, Potiphar or even sinning against Potiphar's wife. He said sinning against God. So when you encounter your Jezebels and that temptation looks interesting and, you know, opportunistic and very beautiful and you want you think oh you know you should take advantage of that no ask yourself do you want to sin against god tell that person who wants to take you on a date uh, that same sex person i want without that is trying to talk to you or trying to flirt with you or trying to ask you on a date or whatever they're trying to do tell them you cannot sin against god and see what that demon does see what that spirit does Okay, because you're not dealing with human beings. You're dealing with spirits. Okay? So, or you can, you know, when that person at your job is trying to seduce you, that is not your husband or your wife, tell them, tell them you cannot sin against God. So we see that, you know, this woman keeps telling her, I mean, you know, like this woman keeps telling him, lie with me, lie with me. You know, and Joseph keeps telling her, no. You know, she said, 12. Then she caught him by his garment. This spirit is bold, okay? Say it. See, the thing is, Joseph was doing a great job. Joseph was favored by God. Joseph was just 
you know, the man that Potiphar could trust. That's the thing about Jezebel is that Jezebel likes to come and destroy relationships. You know, especially if you're a man of God or a woman of God. They don't want you to be successful. So here she comes. But but what did Joseph do? But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Sometimes you have to do that when it comes to Jezebel. You have to remove yourself from her atmosphere. Because if you don't, you are going to be devoured. You're going to be kept into temptation. So I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say this. If you're somebody struggling with homosexuality, and you know there's somebody at your, your school or your, um, your friendship or your church or your job, your community, whatever it is that you know that something in you is attracted, is attracted to that person or something in you or something in that person is you know, pulling toward you or that person is coming toward you in a seducing way or whatever, the best thing you can do is remove that person from your life if you can or remove yourself from that person. Because if you don't, you're going to feed the spirit inside of you you, go, you know, and that, that also, this also pertains to people who are struggling with pornography, okay, because that's going to be a gateway, because if you keep being around that person at your job that's always dressing seductively, you know, when you get home, you want to look at porn, right, because you've been used to it, or you keep looking at these images on Instagram, okay, when you get home, you want to look at porn, or you want to go get you you know, somebody to have sex with because you're addicted to sex. You have to look at where you're, you're feeding, where, where, where basically your, your gateway drug. You know, we know that, we know that a, a gateway drug is something that leads to other drugs, right? Normally, gateway drugs are like alcohol, right? And, and cigarettes, right? And then other drugs are like, you know, the heavy drugs, right? Um, so what is, your, what is the doorway? Okay, it could be the internet. It could be... You know, your IG, your Facebook, it could be, you know, where you go and, you know, buy food or the people that you have around you, okay? So you have to find that out and run away from it like Joseph did because your purity is more important than anything. You, you could always find another job. You can always find another, you know, an, an, another church. You can always find another, you know, friendship group. You can always find, you know, another place to go and have fun, right? You know, you, you, you cannot find another family, but, you know, you can, detain, you know, detach yourself a little bit until you heal. Whatever it is that you're, because I know that some people, their, their parents are very, like, has a, a intimidation spirit. Like, they're very intimidating, they're very controlling. That's Jezebel. There are parents that are controlling that have a Jezebel spirit. You can leave your parents, but you can definitely, you know, move out or, like, stay. I'm not telling you to, to move out, but, you know, seek the Lord how he wants you to deal with it, okay? Uh, some people, their parents might be very um, controlling to a point where, you know, it affects them. Um, so go and seek the Lord in what it is that he wants you to do. But in all of this, it says that it says that the Lord was with Joseph at 21 and showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So what, what happens here? It says that 
when he left uh, 14 it says see he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us he came in to me to lie with me which is a lie and I cried out with a loud voice and that is she's you do you see the two different type of Jezebels here the first is the seducing spirit and then the second one is the controlling spirit the intimidating spirit Basically, trying to intimidate, you know, Joseph by lying on him. Jezebel has a, a, a lying spirit, okay? And it says, and it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came into me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his, which his wife spoke to him, saying. So basically, then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. So we see two people that um, had to interact with Jezebel's spirit. The next teaching, I'm going to talk about how to identify Jezebel in a man and Jezebel in a woman and Jezebel in children. And I'm going to talk about how that Jezebel spirit was dealt with by Jehu. Okay, we're going to look at... Uh, I was going to say Jehu, Jehu 9. <laughs> there is no such thing as Jehu 9. Uh, 2 Kings 9. You're going to look at it. Uh, how Jezebel was, was killed by Jehu. How she was overthrown by him. And that's how we have to do it. If you want to defeat that spirit, first you have to identify it, and then stand in your authority and fight that spirit. So now we've figured out who Jezebel is and where she came from and, you know, how she interacted with the men of God. And um, you can also look at, you know, the story about Samson and Delilah. Delilah, Delilah is a form of Jezebel's spirit. It's, another, it's, it's like a cousin to that spirit. That spirit comes to, to destroy people's lives, like basically destroy their destiny, okay? Destroy their destiny, set confusion and all of that. Now, did the Pharisees have a Jezebel spirit? Um, well, I would say go and ask the Lord about that. That's part of your homework. Go and ask God if the Pharisees had a Jezebel spirit. Did they have controlling intimidation? Yeah, they did have intimidation and controlling. But I'm not 100% sure if they had a Jezebel spirit. Um, you know, they had a controlling spirit. They had a, you know, a legalistic spirit. A, um, um, a uh, religious spirit, you know. Um, so, yeah. I hope that today you were able to learn something today. Um, like I said, this is teaching you how to live without these spirits, okay? 
You can cast out spirits all you want. But if you don't know how to identify them, if you don't know how to, you know, um, learn about them so that you can identify them, if you don't know how to um, figure out what they do in your life to cause your life to not work out well, then you are already, you know, defeated because when demons leave, they want to come back. And if you cannot identify them when they're back until it's too late, you will then have, have to start all over, okay? You will have to then go back to the deliverance minister to get that spirit evicted. And you don't want to keep doing that. You want to be set free. You want to close that door completely, right? That's why I'm teaching. That's why this is a teaching first before any demons are cast out because you know, knowledge is powerful. Wisdom is powerful. Many, many deliverance ministers have had demons in them. I have. You know, every minister, everyone, every single person on this earth have had some type of spirit in them. Okay? Nobody has not had a spirit. Even people who have, like, anger. People, people, if you have some illnesses or some diseases, you have a spirit. Okay? Diabetes is a spirit, okay? But the thing is, what I'm saying is that people who are in the ministry of deliverance, they can tell when a spirit has come inside of them. It's easier to tell because you know yourself. Not just that, but you know how to identify when something has shifted. You, you live in the realm of the spirit, so you know when something is off about you, Okay? And you can tell, you know, the devil is not smart. He does the same thing in, in different, like the same thing with different faces. The same, the same like strategy, the same plan, the same stuff that he does. He does the same thing, just different faces. And so when somebody comes, you know, do something around you, you're like, uh... That's that, that's that Leviathan spirit again, you know. And if you keep attracting, you know, the Jezebel spirit, then there is either a, an Ahab spirit inside of you or a perverse spirit inside of you. You know, and, and, you know, sometimes you attract that spirit not just because you have a demon, but because you're anointed. You're called to ministry. Like we said, she wants to what? Make... Elijah, like how Elijah made the, the Baal prophets. Sometimes it's not that you have a spirit. Sometimes it's that you have, you have, a, you, you have an anointing. That's why it, it's coming against you. That's why it's important that you don't put titles on yourself, that you are actually commissioned, you know? Because when you put titles on yourself, you attract Jezebel's. That spirit will come after you because he knows that you're a prophet. It's against God's prophets. Okay? It's, a, it's against God's apostles. It's against God's, God's pastors, teachers, evangelists. Why do you think the enemy sends Jezebels to the church? Because she's against the five-foot ministry. Okay? 
That's, that's the first spirit you will see in a church. Look, I have sat under great leaders. And I have discerned Jezebel spirit in some great leaders. But do I say it to their face? No. Do I say anything to them that you have a Jezebel spirit? No. It's the Lord that has to deal with, you know, deal with that. Has many of them not have Jezebel spirit? Yes. There are many of them that have not. They don't have that spirit. But, you know, that doesn't mean that they are a horrible person. It's just that they have a spirit inside of them. They don't even know. Some of them don't even know. You know, most people who have Jezebel spirit don't, don't even know they have that. You know, when I was dressing seduced, seductively, I didn't know I had a Jezebel spirit at that time. Until the, the Holy Spirit showed me. So many of you, now you realize, oh, whoa. You don't dress seductively just because you want to dress. It's a spirit inside of you that's causing you to dress like that. And poking your butt out. You know, every, everyone that dresses seductively always do that. You know, I did that. But I don't do that anymore. Right? So... I hope that this teaching blessed you. Please tune in to the second part. And then at the end of the second part, I'm going to pray. Um, after this Jezebel teaching, God willing, I'm going to talk about the lust, the, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, and the, um, yeah, the, the, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Um, because I feel led to do that more in depth to identify that and then afterwards we're going to talk about rejection um, I'm taking this teaching very slow because I want to do it in a way that flows with the Lord what he wants to say when he wants to say it because you never know somebody's deliverance, how the Lord wants to deliver them, right? Uh, if it was up to me, every week I'll be on here teaching you, telling you all the things I'm t I want to tell you. But it's up to the Lord. He had to literally give me um, a dream to let me know, hey, I want you to teach about this. I woke up like, oh my God, okay. What is this? <laughs> and so I hope that you were blessed. If you don't know about, you know, Jezebel, I want you to go and look in the book of Genesis. Read about Joseph and um, Potiphar's wife. In the Old Testament, you can read about Delilah and, um, you know, Samson. You can read about... Um, some of the kings, even in the, word, in, the, in the word of God, some of them had a controlling spirit. That's Jezebel's spirit, right? They wanted to be in control. Like, you know, um, Saul didn't want David to be in control. That's a whole Jezebel spirit, right? Um, thinking that, you know, he, he, he should be the one in control of the, the land forever. 
um, that's a Jezebel spirit of control, pride. But anyway, he had his Damas he he had his Damascus experience. And you can look at Elijah, you know, first Kings nineteen, eighteen, twenty, twenty-one. Then in Second Kings you, you can look at how Jehu overcame Jezebel. But we're gonna look at that part next week. So tune in for you know how to identify Jezebel in male, female, and children. And then we're going to pray at the end to cast the spirit out. Um, one thing is, I need you to fast and pray. I need you to fast and pray. Because just as the Lord said to the man who brought his children, who brought his child, some things do not come out until you fast and pray. I want to ask you guys again, are you serious about your purity? Because, you know, during these teachings, I've been asking you to throw away certain clothes, certain items that you have. And I want to ask you again, have you thrown those things away? Have you discarded them? You know, I've asked you to identify certain areas in your life that is a doorpost for the enemy. I asked you to, um, actually, I didn't ask you, the Lord asked you to make a covenant with your eyes, with your ears, right? So all of these things, when you actually put it into effect, it drops down your stronghold to like 70% because you're taking away the things that feed the spirit. So if you haven't done it, this is your opportunity to actually start to do it. Okay? If you have not given your life to Christ, like how I led you to give your life to Christ, you got to go back and give your life to Christ because the only way to defeat this spirit is the Lord. You cannot shine darkness into darkness. You have to shine light into, into darkness. So, with that said, I'm going to play this song and we're going to end um, may the Lord keep you. May his face shine upon you. May you not know evil, but may you always know that God is with you. May you know that your hand is in the hands of the Lord, that he is your vine dresser, that he is your redeemer, that he is the vine, and you are the branches, that when you abide in him and him in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Apart from him, I can do nothing. So, may you know the joy of the Lord. May you know that you have been chosen. A chosen vessel, just like Saul was a chosen vessel. May you meet your Ananias. That will help your eyes be healed. May you meet your cupbearer. That will help you get out of prison. May you know the redemptive power of God. May you know the salvation power of God. May you know the healing power of God during this week and during this process of deliverance and healing. May you know that you have a Jehu spirit in you to overcome 
the spirit of Jezebel. May you know that God has given you authority over serpents and scorpions and all the kingdom of darkness. Nothing by any means will ever hurt you. May you know that you have angels assigned to you to help you in this journey. May you know the fear of God above all. And most importantly, may you know that God wants to set you free if only you want to be free. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright guys, see you next week as we dig deeper into who Jezebel is and how to defeat them. May you have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into Devoted with Bernice. If you think that this teaching has been blessing to you, please share it with somebody that you love, somebody that you want to see set free as well, or even to gain knowledge about what the Spirit is. Love you all so much. And most importantly, God loves you so much.
so we sing before we sing. Say hallelujah. Yeah. Hey. Hallelujah. What you gave us. Thank you, Jesus. We give it up to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We lift the highest praise.